welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Similary Breast Pumps. From ultra-tiny pumps as small as a sticky note to fully adjustable pumps with 85 combination settings, you're in control of your pumping journey. And today's episode is also brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is back. We love them. And they are the designers of comfortable, functional, and beautiful maternity and nursing bras that you are going to want to hear about and look at. Um, We'll hear more from our sponsors a bit later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. See if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send you episodes straight to your inbox every week. And we are on Patreon and we are enjoying ourselves and having a fantastic time uh, getting to know each other with our Zoom hangouts and providing ad-free episodes and our uh, Patreon uh, Revolution Parenting uh, episodes and our mini podcasts, our Zoom hangouts. We hang out every month on Zoom and we're getting to know each other there. And uh, a big welcome to Sandra A and Nicole K and Nicole RLB. <laughs> I'm just trying to abbreviate names. Um, and to uh, Carolyn K and Paulina and uh, I. Jacqueline B. I don't know how far I've gone back here. Holly H. Um, yes, welcome to all of these people. And we hope you join us there. Uh, head to the top link in the show notes, wherever you're listening from. And uh, that's all. And we are also holding our ongoing giveaway. So make sure that you are uh, taking a screenshot of the reviews that you leave around or the stars or whatever it is that you're allowed to do. Just send a screenshot. We'll send you a goodie bag of stickers and nursing and public cards. And you can send that to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, now Diane has our review of the week. I do have our review of the week. And it says, as I pull it up, as a new mom, we struggled with breastfeeding and faced relentless pressure to switch to formula. This podcast has been an absolute game changer for me. The hosts tackle the real challenges of breastfeeding with an empowering and informative approach. The candid discussions and expert advice provided by the hosts not only educated me in the nuances of breastfeeding, but also armed me with the confidence to persevere through tough times. Oh, the whole pressure to switch to formula thing. I am so sorry you had to deal with that. It was just... Yeah, that's that's too much. I mean, yeah, that's so common. Mm Mm-hmm. Just switch to formula if it's too hard, even though it's not what you want to do. You just want to hear people say to you, how can I support you? Yeah. Like, I don't know why that's such a hard thing to say. How can I help? How do we get help? Right. Like, that's all we need. uh, Yeah. That's all you need. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you found us. I'm so glad it's been helpful for you um, and that you persevered through everything. That's awesome. That really is like a testament to your character because it's freaking hard, especially when you don't have the support that you need. So thank you so much for leaving that for us. We appreciate it. And today we've got an interview for you with clinical psychologist, Dr. Andrea Niles. 
And I had the pleasure of talking with Dr. Niles about postpartum mood disorders and breastfeeding and just stuff surrounding all of that. So it's pretty interesting. So I hope everybody enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah. And here we go with Dr. Niles. Just a quick note before we get into the interview that our sound is not up to its usual standards this week, but we feel the information is important and we want to pass it on. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I am here with Dr. Andrea Niles, clinical psychologist. Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, Dr. Niles. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I am excited to have you here. This is a topic that I am really passionate about, um, postpartum mood disorders and, well, postpartum mood disorders overall, perinatal mental health, but um, especially how it pertains with breastfeeding. But overall, there is really such limited support in my area where I live in Western New York. And it is really great to know that there are people out there that are working very specialized in this field, such as yourself. I mean, it's a it's a huge problem, you know, when a, when a mom is, you know, in, in pregnant, post um, and there's and there's so many things going on, and so many things that she's that she's adjusting to. On top of that, you know, having that, you know, having try to deal with all of the barriers and roadblocks to getting access to mental health support, um, it's just it's just not not practical at all. And so, um, yeah, we're we're really trying to solve that and try to move as many barriers as possible as possible to get moms, uh, connected with mental health support. That's amazing. Have you always been working in the field of uh, maternal mental health? Um, so I've been sort of, I, I studied generally treatments for treatments for anxiety and depression, uh, a lot of research, you know, published uh, scientific papers and in, tre- in treatments and how to improve outcomes. Um, and this is specifically behavioral treatments. Um, and I've always been interested in women's health as, as well. And, um, I did my, my, uh, postdoc in, in women's health specifically. And so, and so I think those things kind of came together and together to, um, bring me where I am right now, focusing on perinatal mental health. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what do you see with your patients when it comes to breastfeeding specifically? Like, is there, are you seeing a connection between breastfeeding and mental health? I know a lot of times, there's that question of, is it a problem? If breastfeeding's a problem, excuse me, if breastfeeding's a problem, do you, does it cause more problems with mental health or is it the reverse? Is it mental health causing problems with breastfeeding? I mean, I know that there's a lot of research out there showing that breastfeeding is actually protective for postpartum mood disorders, but there's just so many questions, right? There's just so many unanswered questions. I mean, I would say that a lot of the women who we talk to who are struggling with mental health related to breastfeeding, they kind of go into their postpartum period really, really wanting, wanting need and having that be a major priority. And then, you know, running into challenges, it's pain, pain, supply issues, or sort of even just anxiety around supply, whether or not that matches the reality. Um, um, is you know not not always obvious, and and so those kinds of issues then sort of lead women to try to you know to be basically question whether they want to continue breath continue breastfeeding or they want to which I think is one of the, the more um, difficult decisions that that moms are making postpartum and can lead to a lot of of anxiety, a lot of stress. 
Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like there's already a lot of anxiety and stress going into pregnancy, right? Like there's from what I see when I, cause I do work in a lot of private practice, um, been working in private practice for a very long time. And I feel like the anxiety is almost worse than it used to be. You know, there's so much social anxiety. There's so much that we're trying to live up to on social media. Um, there's just, it's just, I feel like worse than it used to be, which is obviously leading to more problems postpartum because you know that it's just filtering through. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I agree that there's, there's a lot of sort of expectations of patients of look like, or might be like, and you have a lot more access to other people's kind of, kind of inner world through social media, uh, um, create, unrealistic, you know, unrealistic expectations or um, sort of feeling like, you know, you're not, you're not doing things, things right, something wrong with you if it doesn't look like, like other people. Um, But I also see, I also see towards people trying to be more, more open and honest about the challenges on social media as well, which as well, which I think uh, needs to happen. Yeah, that's a really great point. If people are being a little bit more um, people, there are some people that use social media to really showcase all parts of their life. And a lot of influencers that are showing, you know, that things are not as easy as it may seem, um, which I think is great because we need to have those expectations be a little bit more realistic. Um, Abby and I did a did an episode not too long ago about expectations because I and I see this all the time, like, you know, when I see patients in my office that are their expectation is absolutely not what reality is, you know, it's like, they just kind of expect to have this baby and don't expect what goes along with having this baby. And it becomes a very difficult process and a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Um, And I think if they had better expectations to what was going to really be like, it would be different, you know, because so many people say, Oh, it's, you know, breastfeeding so easy. Right. Like how many times do you hear people say that breastfeeding is easy? It's, um, you know, it's natural. And then when they start doing it and it doesn't come easy and it doesn't feel very natural, they feel like they're doing something wrong. Yeah. And I actually I, I personally had that experience with um, um, with a classic for breastfeeding before, you know, before I had my first baby and I had, had, you know, I, I knew from talking with friends and things like that, that, that it, it was hard and that there were significant challenges and it was a lot of work. And, um, but the, the woman who was presenting for this, for this class really sort of was almost like to hide, hide that of like, d- d- basically didn't want to talk about it or acknowledge it. And, you know, I'd, I would ask questions about, you know, different aspects of, of the d- difficulty of it. And I felt like she completely downplayed it or glossed over it or said, no, that's not true. You know, m- most women will best breastfeed for you know, at least a year and, and, you know, maybe even up, maybe even up to two years, which I true. And so I think, I think their desire to try to make it seem easy to not, you know, deterrable from trying, I guess. I don't know what the reason is, but it's not fair. (laughs) You know, it really isn't. And one of the things that we wanted to do when we started this podcast several years ago was really be open about what people should expect and to give evidence-based 
information and to be upfront and honest. And I used to run, I used to facilitate a postpartum mood disorder support group years ago with a mental health specialist. And I remember having somebody in our group one time who was like, I am so angry at people that told me that this was going to be easy. I am so angry at people that didn't tell me how difficult even just transitioning from being a person to being a parent, how difficult that transition is. And she was right. You know, she was right. She was like, I have friends that have babies and nobody told me what a struggle this is. And everybody struggles, I think. I don't think there's anybody out there that just like glazes over into that transition of becoming a parent without some hiccups along the way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think sort of giving people realistic expectations and then if they go into it and, it, and it's a breeze and no problem, I think that's a, a better unmet expectation than the other way around. If they go in thinking things are going to be BBZ and wonderful and you know, breastfeeding is going to be, you know, simple and, and, you know, it's all cut. And then, and then they're sort of hit, hit with the reality of the challenges of postpartum. I think that can make people feel like there's something wrong, wrong with them. Like my fault because mm-hmm. it's hard for me, but it seems to be easy for other people. Yes. And that's what I do. And I do see that. Um, especially when, you know, with, when you're playing that comparing game, right. Because it's so hard to not play that game, but when people are, you know, I've had people say to me, well, you know, I see my sister-in-law breastfeeding and it seems so simple for her. Or I see my friend breastfeeding and it seems so simple for them. And I try to break it down when people say things like that to me and be like, well, you know, how many kids do they have and how old is their baby? And, you know, like, because that makes a huge difference. They've been breastfeeding for six months as compared to your three weeks. And, you know, you do become more comfortable as you go along, but it's so hard to not compare yourself to others when you're in this boat. Yeah. And I think that's where, where you really get, um, you know, feelings of chin or anxiety, anxiety is where feeling like you can't, you haven't been able to do something that other, other people seem to do or should be able to do, or you should, should be able to, and then start feeling badly about yourself. And so that's that kind of comparison or expectation. That's not really realistic is, is where people end up, um, um, feeling great emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. So you see, when you're seeing people that are breastfeeding, you're seeing breastfeeding problems, like things like pain or discomfort with feeding overall, or just, is it kind of across the board, just all sorts of different problems? I would say probably the two most common are Pain, painful latch, latch, and then be cracked or bleeding, nipping nipples, you know, very hard to, to resolve, um, or supply issues. And I think supply issues can be particularly frustrating for people because they, they'll try everything. I mean, there's so many interventions to try to increase the supply. And so moms will try, will try everything and they'll go to lengths to, to try to do these things and spend almost, you know, 24 hours a day trying to do it. Um, so that kind of thing, I think, I think can look to a lot of, a lot of anxiety and a lot, and a lot of stress. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, they're really, and there's so much out there. There's so much out there. You just have way too much information. 
you know, like it's information overload, like how you just said, people are trying so many different things to try to increase milk supply. And it's very, it's just overpowering their life, you know? Um, And I've had people say to me, like, do I want this too much? So much so that it's, it's harming the, you know, harming us. Um, It can be really just it's such an overwhelming process and there's so many times where lactation consultants are not involved either i mean i've definitely like I said been doing this a long time but there's a lot of people out there having babies that i know never see one and have struggled with problems and there's such a barrier there for because of cost, because of health insurance, things like that, where support is just not where it should be or where it could be if things were a little bit easier. I think that's really to perinatal mental health. I mean, you're talking about, you know, breastfeeding is associated with, with lower rates of, of postpartum depression. I mean, I mean, it could really be that, you know, mom, you know, moms want so bad to be successful at this, at this, you don't have enough support with you know techniques and strategies that are actually that goal and and they're just doing stuff and trying to figure it out themselves and and then they certainly can't be successful full definitely a source of i would definitely say you know feelings of depression feelings of anxiety and so that sort of lactation support i think would be really it is really critical to support mom's mental health total health postpartum it really it is um i worked for a pediatrician's office for a while. And when I first started there, one of the pediatricians, like his, his basic thing, like if a mom was struggling with, with breastfeeding, instead of saying, I think you should see a lactation consultant. Like I said, this is before I started there. Um, he would say to them, well, I'd rather have a happy feeding mom than a depressed breastfeeding mom. So it's fine if you don't breastfeed which that is not what they want to hear. They want support. You know, they don't want to hear that they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be trying anymore. Um, They would, they wanted the support. They wanted somebody to help them with their, with their struggles. And their answer was, I would rather have you be happy and not breastfeed, which doesn't, isn't an automatic thing anyway, you know, um, it kind of makes it sound like, oh, all you have to do is stop that breastfeeding thing and you'll be happy again, which is not the, necessarily the case. Yeah. And I think, and, and I think doctors are kind of notorious for this of just sort of that they know their patient and they understand them and they just have to tell them what to do and that, that will solve the problem. But, you know, in that case, I think giving the, giving the mom you know, what are, what are your options? We have options. We have some options here and, you know, we can do lactation, patient consult, you know, we can talk about switching to formula, you know, what, what would you like to do? What do you, you feel good about that is always default at Prospera of, of just sort of deferring to the mom. Like what, what are your thoughts on, on this? What would you like to do um, with these different options? Because people have, people have such different needs and wants, wants um, and things that are important to them. Right. And what fits into their lifestyle? You know, um, you have to meet a family where they're at. You really do. And you have to be able to accept what they want to do is being their choice, but they need those options. You know, they need to know what their options are and 
a lot of times, especially if breastfeeding is what they had planned to do and they're struggling with it, they want to be able to exhaust all those options, you know, before they, before they say, okay, this isn't something I'm going to continue on with anymore. So that includes like seeing a lactation consultant and getting all that support that they need. But when there's barriers to that, it just becomes, you know, so frustrating. I mean, I've seen people that have like really tried to fight through barriers and have just struggled so much. They're like, this shouldn't, it shouldn't be so hard to get the help you need. Yeah. I mean, it's really frustrating because I think, I think we, we know, know from research perspective, from a health perspective, the kinds of things that will, that will help women be successful in terms of their mental health, their physical health, you know, their child's well-being, but um, it's still just not not accessible, unfortunately, to to a lot of women through our health system, um, which is a real problem. It's a real problem. It really is. Um, I know, I know with mental health and with therapy, there's a lot of um, um, insurance can be a barrier. Um, of course, lactation rarely can we get lactation to be covered by insurance? Um, especially if you're a private LC like I am. And it just, when I've suggested to some families, you know, about therapy or about, you know, do you have a therapist that you're working with, or I can suggest one. A lot of times the answer is my insurance doesn't cover it or they don't take insurance and they just can't afford to pay out of pocket for multiple sessions which becomes a huge barrier. And this is something that, you know, if we're going to do better in our, in this country for mental health and maternal well-being, that needs to change. Yeah. And so that's actually, that's exactly the problem that we're, we're solving at Prospera. So we, um, um, one of the barriers that we're trying to remove is the cost and we're using a using a, a model basically a new model that is is sort of driven by, by technology we have perinatal certified mental health coaches um, um in our service just a fraction of the cost of traditional therapy but we use you know science you know, science value of interventions for postpartum anxiety depression rage managing birth trauma um, and my my ultimate my ultimate goal my you know really love for our company is if we is if we can get our services to just be the de- the default for every mom that every every mom, every mom has this as part of their sort of postpartum support they have access to it um, and hopefully by hopefully by driving down cost we could we could make that a possibility for insurance to cover everybody yeah that would be amazing that if people just it was just part of their care. To just be like, okay, did you make your appointment yet? Have you been seen yet? You know, to be able to um, um, just just a check in. You know, even if nothing else, just a check in to make sure that people are doing okay. Because they don't, you know, a lot of a lot of patients don't even go back to see their OB for six weeks, and that those first six weeks are crucial. It's a lot happening in those first six weeks. Yeah. And I talk to women every day who are starting with us, who, who never had any mental health challenges before. And suddenly they're having it. They say, I, I, I have never had this before. And that, you know, this is, um, you know, I, I always say this, it's the biggest transition, transition that a woman ever in her life, um, um, from not having children to having children. And so I think, 
you know, just emotional support around that mental health support should just be just be default, you know, not to mention that we know that postpartum, um, you know, you know, mental health and postpartum depression are are prevalent and really problematic. So that's another obvious reason to give that support just by default. And we will be right back with more from Dr. Niles after a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Similary Breast Pumps. Similary Breast Pumps wants you to have control of your pumping journey. With a continuous focus on research and development and a team comprised of CLCs, Similary Breast Pumps strives to offer pumps from every, for every lifestyle. From ultra-tiny pumps as small as a sticky note to fully adjustable pumps with 85 combination settings, you're in control of your pumping journey. With resources like virtual breast shield sizing consults in English and Spanish, and an exclusive Get the Right Fit program that offers a third set of breast shields free, Similary gives you vital tools for a successful journey. A safe choice for everyone, all Similary pump parts and storage bags are phthalate and BPA-free. Better yet, Similary breast pumps can be personalized with a fun pump skin decal. See their full pump family at similarybreastpumps.com. That's C-I-M-I-L-R-E breastpumps.com. And use code BADASS for 15% off of your order. And today's episode is also brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is a designer of comfortable, functional, and beautiful maternity and nursing bras. As mothers themselves, they understand that no two breastfeeding journeys are alike. They've spent over 15 years developing their range of styles, which include hands-free pumping bras, supportive nursing sports bras, lace plunge nursing bras, skin-to-skin birthing bras, comfy sleep bras, and everything in between. They also understand the changes of our bodies go through during pregnancy and breastfeeding, which is why they cater 28 to 44 band sizes and A through L cup sizes. So regardless of your size, style, or whether you're breastfeeding, pumping, or both, Cake Maternity have done the hard work so you can focus on what's important, nourishing your baby. Shop their range of maternity and nursing bras, clothing, and accessories online at cakematernity.com. That's cake like birthday cake, C-A-K-E maternity. Dot com and use code BADASS15 for 15% off of their range. And you can find our sponsors and their promo codes under uh, our show notes, under this episode, wherever you're listening from. Or you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page where you will find all of our other episodes as well, along with information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And now back to more from Dr. Niles. What do you see as when breastfeeding is ending? Do you ever see, even if it's like, it's what we, one of the things that we've tried to bring to light is weaning depression and weaning depression comes as a huge surprise to a lot of people. Um, They're not expecting it. They are, even if it's something like they've had a great 
breastfeeding relationship for two years and then they wean and they feel this depression and they feel this almost like, you know, grief um, that breastfeeding is over because of those hormonal switches and those hormonal fluxes that are happening as the parent, you know, weans off breastfeeding. And that just comes as a huge surprise to people. Um, just really not expected at all. Is that something that you see as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've definitely heard, heard talk about that. They, they sometimes come to us kind of as they're in that transition and they, um, and I've heard moms, these are, these are the ones who are sort of aware that that, that can cause, cause this as they'll say, you know, I'm also just kind of weaning now and I'm, you know, have, have, have been known I'm feeling more depressed. And so they said so they kind of link it, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's if it's maybe more common than, than moms even realize. Like maybe they're not even sort of making that connection. Um, but yeah, I, I personally had that as well with my first, um, less so with my second. But but I wonder I wonder if there's also a compounding component a component of like can't sort of finish breastfeeding the way that you wanted to, or, or you have to end earlier for some reason that that would probably probably exacerbate it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there is probably a lot of people out there that aren't connecting the dots with that. Um, and that is, you know, hugely hormonal, obviously, breastfeeding. And it really, when those hormones shift like that, especially if they stop quickly, um, can really cause more problems. I had a client, I was just going back a few years, and she was probably one of the most extreme cases that I had of um, postpartum disorders and she was hospitalized for a week. Her, her baby was exclusively breastfed. And And when she she really was struggling and was hospitalized, um, her baby was about three months old and had only been breastfeeding, had not done anything other than breastfeeding with this baby. And um, she went into the hospital and they, just told her, you have to stop now. And it was such an immediate, like such an immediate, like they didn't even really have her pumping. They had her pumping maybe here and there, but not regularly um, without even a concern of that post-weaning depression and, but what she was already going through, like how, how much can that really exacerbate what she was already going through and then to have them just kind of like halt the breastfeeding where she, where was, she was wasn't uh, I feel like uh, wasn't a good idea. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean that definitely strikes me as kind of maybe just a complete misunderstanding of the factors that contribute to postpartum depression. Um because obviously stopping breastfeeding, if that's not what you want to do, could be, you know, major contributor to, to worsening depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that was the case, that would be really not, not a good decision for this, this particular molecular mom. And then like, that also just maybe a complete, a complete understanding of how the shifting hormones could impact mood. Um, so that would be a pretty, in my opinion, a, a pretty dangerous recommendation on the part of of that of that in yeah it was um it was really frustrating and when yeah. she came out of the hospital she ended up going back to breastfeeding and they wanted her to stop because of medications and it was actually fine like there's very few medications that you can't breastfeed on and i think with mental health like you have to really weigh 
the pros and the cons, you know, like you have to, it's a lot of people who are really nervous and scared to go on medication if they're breastfeeding, but they're just, they're perfectly okay and perfectly safe. And we, you know, we had a discussion and talked about the medications and she was like, I feel so much better when I'm breastfeeding. And she ended up being comfortable breastfeeding and taking her medications and um, she ended up, you know, breastfeeding a little bit for longer, but really struggled with therapists and, you know, with finding one that was going to be compatible for her, but she just didn't want to start over, you know, like she would get with a therapist. And once at the, by the time she realized that they were not really a good match, she really just, you know, I don't want to start over again. And it was just a really big struggle for her to find somebody that could really handle her mental health and handle her, her, the issues that she was having postpartum. And it was just really sad. The whole process was really sad to watch. Watch. Yeah. And this is something that, that I would say almost a hundred percent of the women that, that, that we talked to will say, say is that they wanted something that was focused on you know, on postpartum, on postpartum pregnancy, because they felt like that the if the person if the person didn't specialize and really fully understand it, they couldn't really help them. And I think that's I think that's true. I mean, there's so many things that are really sort of unique to this period. And if a mental health professional doesn't have that expertise or hasn't worked with women who are in that phase of life, they they definitely you know can say the wrong thing and say things that make somebody feel like God, this person just doesn't get me. Yeah. And it's, and it's really unfortunate when that happens, yeah. you know, cause it is hard to start over when you've been with a therapist for a while and yeah. now it's kind of shifted into different, you know, different issues. Yeah. And one, one of the things we we've tried to do on our platform. So we have a lot of, a lot of coaches right now. We have about 19 coaches. Wow. And so we, um, um, somebody, and it doesn't feel like a fit, then we just make it really easy. They just, with a click of a button, they just, you know, they can, they can try somebody else. All of which is are perinatal certified, certified. So just again, trying to take away some of those, some of those barriers, some of those things. It's so sort of, um, sort of exhausting to try to find the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's, you know, that's, that's important that you feel comfortable with that person that you're talking to, talking to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you, what is your feel about the medications and breastfeeding? Yeah. So, um, so we don't, we don't, we don't spend it at all, but I have heard psychiatrists, uh, talk about this who have, uh, you know, focus on perinatal mental health and, and they're really, you know, they think that the, um, sides of sort of making changes to medication, like stopping medications or, you know, not giving someone a medication that would help mental health, um, you know, during pregnancy or postpartum, the dangers of dangers of that are much greater than the potential danger, danger of, you know, passing some tiny amount of that medication to the, to the baby. So they, t- they tend to keep on their medications, you know, start medications as needed because there isn't a lot of evidence that those medications are problematic. Whereas there's a ton of evidence that, you know, serious mental health conditions are problematic. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's usually the message I try to pass along as well is that, you know, not taking the medications is more problematic than taking the medications and, not giving your breast milk to your baby, you know? So 
but people really, I find that if they have anxiety, then taking medication, then they have anxiety around the medications as well. So then they, it keeps them from taking it because their anxiety is already so high. And now they're worried about what am I passing to my baby when the true problem is that anxiety that's just not controlled. It's debilitating for some people. Yeah. And the, the other thing I'll say, I say about medication is I, I think medication is often, is often the default OBGYN will go, will go to um, because it's kind of the easiest thing for them to prescribe have a medication. Um, but there are, there are, there are other methods. So, you know, behavioral therapies, cognitive behavioral, th- behavioral therapy is as effective or more effective for managing symptoms of anxiety, anxiety, and depression. And so, um, so, so when women come to us and it is very common for them to say, you know, I really don't want to take medication. My doctor prescribed it. I want to take it. And I'll say, well, you don't have to start there. Like, let's start with something more behavior, more behavioral. These things can well. And if that does, and if that does, then we can revisit whether it makes sense to add on medication. But I, I do want moms to know, to know to take medication. If you're, if you're struggling with depression, anxiety, um, that, that cognitive behavior therapy is very, very, very effective. It could certainly start with that. That's really good to know, um, because I think a lot of people feel like that they don't have any choices. Right. And, and, and it's, it's so hard, so hard to fat kind of therapy, which is why we're offering that, um, and, and trying to make it really accessible and really easy so that women have the options. They can do medication, they can do, you know, mental health coaching with something, coaching with something and try these CBT strategies. Um, and they don't have to be sort of stuck with just with just one thing that they don't go with. That's fantastic. I really I love that idea of giving, you know, giving more options than just, you know, okay, you can take this medication or you can struggle, you know, um, because that's really not for some people, those options just aren't good enough. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, and I, and you can try to alleviate the anxiety around medication. You know, that's one, one approach, which as a, a um, you know, practitioner, but, you know, be, giving them other options is feels a little bit better, right? Because you can sort of say, well, that's fine. If you don't feel comfortable with that, let's try this other thing that also can work really well. Oh yeah, no, that's fantastic. And that's good for me to know as well. And for listeners to know, cause then they can, they can kind of, you know, or I can encourage people to ask for that as an option or, you know, try to find that as an option and, you know, kind of have a voice for themselves. I don't want to take medication, but I want to try these other behavioral therapies instead. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that we do at Prospera, so we're available across the United States. Um, so, and we we're we're trying to make it, you know, you can get in, get in, right. Right. Have, you know, phone console appointment tomorrow. Um, and so, um, you know, we're, we're trying to, yeah, make it, make it really available. We have, um, we have a, like a digital tools library. So we have a, a bunch of different tools that are designed specifically for moms to help moms deal with sort of anxious thoughts, um, deal with feelings of depression, depression. We have a trauma kind of tool, of tool process, a traumatic birth experience. We have tons of really, really great tools. Our clients absolutely love them. Love them. So um, trying to make those evidence-based interventions really accessible. That's wonderful. wonderful. Now, how long have you been doing this for? 
uh, just about a, a year, a little over a year now. That's fantastic. And it's been successful. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we're, we're, we're growing. We're growing our team. We just brought, we just brought on some new coaches who are just amazing. I'm blown away by, um, by the, the coaches and the women who are excited to do, do this and support other women. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to try to, try to really bring this kind of mental health support to, to every mom who needs it. Yeah. I think that's, um, that is so important. Um, And, you know, for people that are listening, I think it's really good for them to know too, that they don't have to just stay within their, within their area. You know, I think one of the things that COVID told us, taught us was that you can reach out over platforms such as Zoom and, you know, other medical platforms that you can, you know, that you can do telemed so easily now. And you can really that can be a very successful way to do whatever it is that you need to do. Oh yeah. And for moms, it's so, it's so great. Cause you don't have to, you don't have to leave your house. You can do it from your, from your car, or, you know, after your baby goes to bed um, and that sort of, sort of making it accessible sort of be- between acts of your day uh, with telehealth, I think is really, really important. And then now that we have a lot of great sort of technological innovations, you can add, um, technology alongside, you know, just a video, just a video call, you know, having things like, like digital tools and stuff like that to, um, make it sort of, sort of even more effective, uh, and accessible between the times when you're talking with your coach or with your therapist. Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, it really gives so many more options than, you know, what is just available and maybe in their own area, you know, we do, we have listeners all over, um, but we've, you know, received messages from people that they're in very rural areas and don't have access to a lactation consultant. And, you know, and I'm sure therapy is even more scarce in those areas as well. Yeah. 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 And the, the nice thing about telehealth, um, for mental health is that you can, you can pretty much everything that you can do when you're sitting across from somebody in a room, you can do that over, over a video, um, for other kinds of health things. It's a little bit more challenging, but for mental health, it, it pretty much allows you to do, do the same things that you could do in person in person, which, um, is nice. Yeah. That's really amazing. That is fantastic. Well, how do people find you? Yeah. So, um, so let's see. I mean, our, our our kind of gateway to everything that we offer is through our website, and that's prosperamhw.com. Um, and so from and so from there, you can learn more about about what we offer. Um, we have a free phone consult. So if you're just you're just sort of curious about what's going on with you, if it could benefit from some kind of sort of ther- therapy um, or or mental health support, you know, the free consult is a great way to just be able to kind of talk it through and talk to somebody. I also have Instagram. I'm Graham. I'm my, my handle there's Dr. Andrea Niles. I post a lot about, um, about, about maternal mental health and, um, I, I answer DMs. If you want to contact me, me there, um, be happy to, to talk a little bit more, more if you have questions. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being here with awesome. us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, really fun, fun conversation. And I think there's so much to be done to, to to support moms. I know. And thank you for all that you do for really trying to change the direction and change the platform, you know, for these parents. It's such important work that you're doing. So thank you so much for that.
Yes, and thank you for your, your support of, of, uh, of breastfeeding as well. Oh, and um, it was very good talking with you. So thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thanks.